Star Wars 7x7 episode 2811. Last summer, the fine folks at Penguin Random House Audio released the very first audiobook in the High Republic mega ginormous interconnected storytelling initiative. That was Tempest Runner, scripted by Kevin Scott. And today, Del Rey has just released the script version of Tempest Runner. And that's what we've got on tap for a review today. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So as with Dooku Jedi Lost, also by Kevin Scott, and Dr. Aphra by Sarah Kuhn, the audiobook releases happened and then a few months later script versions of those audiobooks were released which is really cool i mean it's a great thing for you know, reference purposes and also for reading along like if you are you know old enough or young enough whatever the case may be to remember the read-along books some of them were put out with little 45 records some of them were put out with audio cassettes some of them were done with cds where you could read a book and this was usually a children's thing and you'd get the little bing to turn the page well yeah it doesn't quite work like that with the audiobooks naturally but it is a fun experience to be able to listen to the audiobook and flip through the script while you are doing so and you'll be at it for a while. So the Tempest Runner audiobook is six hours and five minutes long. Not quite the longest. The Dooku Jedi Lost one is about 16 minutes longer. But from a script perspective, it is the heftiest one. It comes in at 566 pages, which is about, I think, 86 pages longer than the Dooku Jedi Lost script. Now, I will say that I have read the Dr. Aphra script, but not the Dooku Jedi Lost script. So I'm not necessarily sure why that would be the case, but I think it might have to do with the fact that there are a lot of intercuts between scenes. So for example, toward the beginning of the story when we are hearing about the capture of Lorna D, and this is a full spoiler podcast by the way, but you know, we're not really going to get into the spoilery details of the story. We're just going to get into some little elements basically, but there's, you know, the story of Lorna D's capture and it's being told by one character to another as it's intercutting between the actual action that's happening. And so there's a lot of scene intercutting that happens, which, you know, may help expand the page count just a little bit but that's just a functional thing what it actually kind of conveys is how action-packed the storytelling is in the audiobook version and how dynamic it is so even if you haven't listened to the audiobook version you definitely get a very good sense of that from the script version of things so that's all well and good, and yet it's not really a justification for why you would release a script version of an audio drama. And really, when you think about it, there's basically only four main reasons why you would release a script for an audio drama. Aside from the obvious to make more money <laughs> situation, right? So one of them would be to accommodate people with hearing issues, for example, right? So reading a script would be the alternative for those folks who would be unable to adequately hear the audio drama. 
Then you have the completists who would like to have a little bit of everything, so would want the audio drama as well as the script in a similar fashion to how you know you might want a video or access to a streaming version of a movie, but also have a script of that as well. And then there's the you know, understanding part. So I think we talked about this even when Tempest Runner was out originally just as an audio drama, that there are moments in time where, you know, when things are going on, it's not always easy to keep track of what's happening and sometimes when you're being introduced to characters that are new to you in this storytelling that can be a little more difficult in terms of processing the information that you're hearing and what's actually happening so that's a third potential reason why it would be you know a wise idea to release a script version of things and the fourth reason which is a place where i think tempest runner excels is to share more information about what's going on in the story so if you wanted to think about it like an annotated script instead of just being a script that's one way you could consider it because there's a lot more information in the margins of the Tempest Runner script than say for example were in the margins of the Dr. Afro one and some of this is in-universe information, like things that you're learning about the characters and situations that are unfolding in the audio drama. But also there's behind-the-scenes stuff as well. And the Dr. Afra script has some of this stuff that Tempest Runner has where they talk about the atmosphere in which a scene is taking place. And there are actually descriptions of what that's going to sound like, what the background noises are going to sound like, what kind of beeps and hums and whirs you might be hearing, the kind of music, the kind of chatter in the background, that sort of thing is common to both Tempest Runner and the Dr. Afro one. The Tempest Runner script goes a lot farther with that, especially in terms of FX, <laughs> at least that's how it's annotated in the script where you're basically hearing noises that people are making as they conduct various activities and you're also getting more background detail about the characters and situations that are unfolding, which you know, when you think about the Dr. Aphra script, well, it's an adaptation of stuff that already exists in the comics for the most part. There is some new stuff that's added in there as well. And it also takes place in an era with which, you know, many Star Wars fans are already readily familiar since it's taking place in the original trilogy era. And there are, you know, many similar characters and situations. And so there's a familiarity that doesn't necessarily exist in the same way in the High Republic storytelling. And they're also kind of building this High Republic atmosphere, this High Republic sound and feel. And we've talked about this on the show. Uh, this was, I think, last year when we interviewed Nick Martorelli, who's the executive producer over at Penguin Random House Audio, and talked about how they created a new environment and a new way of conveying something Star Wars-like with this High Republic time period. And so, yeah, it would stand a reason that the directions and the information in Tempest Runner would be a little bit different and would be a little bit more elaborate by comparison. And just to give you an indication of what some of that actually sounds like. So, for example, starting off the audio drama when Kevin Scott introduces us to the bar where two characters are having a conversation that becomes, you know, very consequential <laughs> for the rest of the story. Here's the description of the cantina. It's a cantina on a blasted rock of a planet in the area of the galaxy known as the Ash Worlds. The place is empty save for the serving droid and a bulking figure who 
is sitting at the bar. We can hear the hiss and wheeze of the ventilator strapped to his massive body when he speaks. His voice has a slight electronic distortion from the mask he wears. Some kind of cantina-type music plays in the background, tinny as if through slightly broken speakers. Cutting back to this will be a good indicator that we've switched scenes or times. And that right there is a lot more information that you get just by listening to the audio drama where the dialogue is just, you're welcome to Sran, buddy. They don't call them the Ash Worlds for nothing. And then there are other notations where it's almost like these are suggestions to the audio production team, like when it says, let's give Starlight a trademark hum that we play in the background of every scene set on the station, a distinctive ambiance that will subconsciously help listeners start to orient themselves. And then there are little elements where you learn a bit more about character motivations. And again, this is stuff that is not necessarily fully conveyed through the script. Like for example, when Marcian Rowe and Lorna D are having a communication and there's static and crackling and whatnot. And the dialogue only talks about how communications are a top priority. This is what Marcian is trying to remind Lorna of. And she says, yes, I know communications are a top priority. But in the, you know, I guess, narrative directions, annotations, however you want to refer to them, the you know background details in the script. One of the things talks about uh, Lorna pressing a switch in a hollow of Marcian Rowe appears. The hollow crackles throughout the sequence, the Niles communication network on its last legs. So it's not necessarily made clear that the Niles communication network is in that particular state. Certainly saying that communications are a top priority is one way of putting it. But yeah, you get more information about what's going on in the story from the narrative in Tempest Runner. Or when a bad guy is running away from Skier, the Trandoshan Jedi, who is, of course, one of Kevin Scott's favorite characters, and who also, for the record, in the list of characters, gets the longest description of any of the characters. Surprise, surprise. So there's a note about Skier chasing a character, and it says, Skier comes around the corner and comes to a stop more menacing than we expect a Jedi to be, partly because this is Skier, partly because we're seeing this through Andric's terrified, jacked-up mind. That's because Andrik, a Nile character, is narrating this scene, telling the story both in real time and also on that Ashworld cantina. And even the use of the Force by the Jedi gets a description in here. It is a low base effect. Anytime somebody is using the Force, there's a notation about a low base effect being inserted so that way you know that that's what's happening. And there's a last fun bit as well in the acknowledgments where Kevin Scott, instead of writing just a straightforward acknowledgments paragraph, writes it as though he is trying to send a transmission to Starlight Beacon and is not necessarily getting a response and says, well, I'll try and send this out anyway. And it's very fun. And he's doing this while the FX notations say that he's sipping a cup of coffee. And his last line in this is after he sends the, you know, the whole thanks transmission. Do you have it? Starlight Beacon, are you there? And then there's a beat. So he's supposed to wait a second, right? And says, what am I talking about? Of course, Starlight is there. What in Void's name could happen to it anyway? And the FX says, swallows nervously. Which, of course, is fantastic and, you know, could have been foreshadowing, except, of course, here, released on March 15th, no longer <laughs> foreshadowing because we know what happens to Starlight Beacon with the Fallen Star and all that stuff. But ultimately, great fun to revisit Tempest Runner through a different lens with the script.
and particularly great in light of the fact that there are so many new characters introduced to us in this particular story. There are a lot of new characters introduced to us in the Dr. Afra story, but it really does stay focused on Afra and Vader and a couple other you know, characters that associate with them, whereas Tempest Runner, just by its structure, goes over so much time with so many different sets of characters that it's a little harder to keep track of, and so, yeah, having the script version makes it easier to go through the audio drama experience of it a second time. So, yeah, very cool, and I think it's a, a very valuable addition to your bookshelf. And I also do want to say thank you to Del Rey for sending along a review copy so I could check it out and share this review with you. And that right there is where we are going to call it a show. So it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven by Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.